too often people think about skincare as what can I put on my skin? What cream should I use? What procedure should I do? But really, we're thinking about it all wrong because skincare starts from within. Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi there. Did you know that many of the topics I bring to you on the Skin Reel are things I actually see and treat in my office as a practicing board-certified dermatologist? That's right. At Bauckham and Mina Derm Surgery, my business partner and I are on a mission to provide exceptional procedural dermatology care in Atlanta, Georgia. We offer skin cancer surgery to large cyst and lipoma removals, to injectables, chemical peels, microcoring, and more advanced techniques with things like liposuction, eyelid lifts, neck lifts, lip lifts, and so much more. But most of all, we love helping our patients transform their skin with real results. You know me, I am all about real skincare by real skin experts, real simple. If you're in the Atlanta area, I hope you'll stop by and see me. You can get more information at my website, atlantadermsurgery.com, or by calling 404-844-0496. I can't wait to see you. Hi, skin friend. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Skin Reel. At the time of this recording, I have been really busy putting together a bunch of talks that I am giving at the upcoming American Academy of Cosmetic Surgery. And one of the talks is on this concept of pro-aging. And as someone who is very soon going to be hitting my mid-40s, and my husband just had a birthday today, and he is now in his, I guess you could say, mid to late 40s, this concept of aging is near and dear to my heart, or at least it's fresh on my mind. And for also just selfish personal reasons, I've really gotten into how I can age at my maximum health and vitality. And I know if you are listening to this podcast, you are probably thinking the same way that we don't really just want to get older and live longer, which is called your lifespan. We really want to have healthy lives. And there's this concept of your chronological age and your genetic age. And I know I can't be alone when I feel like I am still a 25-year-old girl born in 1980. And when I actually see the number on my driver's license or my passport, I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem right. I don't feel 
43 years old. I feel 25 years old or maybe 30, right? But certainly not 43. And that's because my genetic age, how I feel and my health does not match my chronological age. And I know for a lot of people that's the case. And sometimes it's actually the reverse. Sometimes people's genetic age can be older than their chronological age. And I see such variability day in and day out in my patients when I'm taking care of them. I see 80-year-olds who have more vitality and energy than me almost, right? And then I see people who are younger than me who actually act and seem very significantly older, either because of chronic health conditions or inflammation and things like that. So there's quite a range of variability. But this idea of pro-aging is something that's really near and dear to my heart and something that I'm really fascinated about. And I really want to maximize it to its full potential, not only for myself, but for my patients and family and friends, because I know that aging can seem scary. And we've sort of been taught that all these bad things happen. And once you hit 55, you can go live in one of these 55 plus communities and you just stay there, retire, and that's it, right? But now, Nowadays, people are really wanting to maximize their vitality. And in preparing for this talk that I'm giving, actually, I think in about a week at the time that this comes out, I was doing a lot of research and I was looking into our population as a whole. And I found this really interesting statistic. Our lifespan is how long we live. And in the U.S. in 1900, the lifespan was 47 years old. That is just a few more years older than what I am now. And that was the average lifespan for people. Nowadays, according to the CDC, at least in 2022, our lifespan is now 76 years old. And if you look at projections for where our population is going, that number is just going to continue to go up and up and up. And that babies born really today, especially girl babies, are projected to be living 100 plus more often than not which is just kind of crazy. So our population is aging. We are having more and more people who are older living longer. But then that brings me to this concept, though, of your health span. Your health span is actually how long you can live a healthy life free from chronic illness and disease and disability. And while our lifespan, which is how long we live, period, is about 76 in the U.S., our health span is projected to be 66. So we have a decade there where we are going to be alive, but alive with disabilities or chronic illness and not really at our prime. And I don't know about you, but I really want to keep that as short as possible and as small as possible. And I think a decade is an awful long time to live with chronic illness and disability, um, certainly at the end of your life. Now, a lot of people are researching why is it that some people seem to age really, really well. Some people in some communities will live into their 90s and 100s and not just live longer, but actually live healthier lives. They're active. They have uh, low incidences of diabetes and heart disease and things like that. And they found these pockets, these populations around the world called blue zones. And in these blue zones, they're all over the world. They're in Japan, they're in Italy, Costa Rica, Greece, the U.S. They found that there are some certain qualities that all of these groups share and what we're realizing is genetics probably plays much of a smaller role than we initially thought. And that really lifestyle in our environment plays much more important role than ever. 
So in these blue zones around the world with more centenarians, so people 100 plus, they found that they share some common things. They mostly eat a plant-based diet. They engage in calorie restriction. So they are not just eating to the point of 100% full. They actually eat to the point of about 80% full. And they also do some fastings. They have minimal to moderate alcohol intake. They incorporate exercise into their daily routine. So they are not necessarily going to the gym every single day for two hours and working out with a trainer, but they are walking places. They are moving about and exercise is just part of their normal day-to-day behavior. They also sleep on average seven hours or more a night and they nap during the day. And then lastly, they found that community played a huge role. So the people who live the longest and healthiest lives, they are actually spending time, not just with people their own ages, but people of all ages. And so from children to middle age to older, more mature adults, they also found that religion or having a spiritual practice was important, as well as having a strong community and a sense of purpose And just being around people who are like them, people who valued exercise and diet and their health also helped them to be healthier and lead healthier lives. And so those are some of the commonalities between these people in very different communities around the world in these blue zones that tended to live very long and healthy lives. And we've also found that mindset is so important as well. And I think this is something that I really didn't value for much of my life. And I thought it was a little bit like hoo-hoo and think every thoughts and everything will be better. But actually, our mind is so powerful. I think we underestimate the power of our mind and our thoughts, but it can also be so, so hard to change that. But they found that people who internalize and think of aging in a positive light, who are not dreading it, but actually see it beneficial and favorable and have a positive attitude about aging, actually live on average seven years longer, but not just living longer. They actually lived a more healthy life. They had fewer incidences of heart disease. Their blood pressure was improved. So they lived longer and healthier lives than someone who thought of aging in very negative terms and a negative connotation. All of this combined is why I am really excited about this concept of pro-aging. And for anyone listening who is a cynic who might be thinking, this is just the cosmetic or the aesthetic industry trying to rebrand anti-aging, let me assure you that it is not, or at least in its true sense, it shouldn't be. So what exactly is pro-aging? So pro-aging to me is taking a positive, healthy approach to aging, not dreading it, or thinking this is some horrible thing, but actually seeing it in a positive light. Again, having that positive mental framework around aging can be so powerful. It also is about making small but incremental and effective changes today in your health, knowing that it is going to keep you healthier and stronger for longer and longer in your life, not just with your skin, but your body in general. And I always say there's no point in fighting Mother Nature. She always wins. She is incredibly strong. If you've ever been around a really powerful storm or even a thunderstorm or a hurricane or tornado or winds, and you can see just the true power of nature. And it's really awe-inspiring. So pro-age 
Jane, instead of trying to fight Mother Nature, is trying to really work with Mother Nature. So working with the natural things that we know are going to happen and either trying to mitigate the negative side effects or to minimize them, right? And I think there's this concept with aging and maybe it's in a reaction to some of the anti-aging stuff we've seen that people stop looking like themselves and they start looking bizarre and weird at a certain point in this sort of never-ending quest to remain youthful and beautiful. And it's like all of a sudden people just take it one step too far and they don't even resemble themselves anymore. Sure, they don't have lines or wrinkles or skin laxity, but they definitely don't look like themselves. And so pro-aging is about still looking like yourself, but really just being the best version of yourself through all your seasons of life. And that's in contrast to anti-aging, which to me, even though I sometimes use that word because it's still so ingrained in all of us, right? But anti-aging really just has a very negative connotation. It's thinking of aging as something that's to be dreaded. You want to avoid it at all costs. And also in my head, it's very reactionary. It's like, how do we change? How do we go back? How do we reverse the clock and pretend like these last 30 years never happened? And again, I think it can lead to very extreme results where, yes, you may not have any lines and wrinkles, but you don't look like yourself. You don't look normal. You look kind of alien-like and bizarre. And I don't know about you, but that is not how I want to age. I really want to age gracefully with a little enhancements, right? And so that to me is the difference between pro-aging and anti-aging. Now, before you start thinking, well, is she going to say that the cosmetic arena, aesthetics, that's all going to go away and we're not going to worry about that and we're all going to be au naturel? That is actually not the case. And in fact, the cosmetic and the aesthetic industry, the anti-aging industry, if you will, is a booming multi-billion dollar business. The size of the anti-aging market in the world in 2023 was over $71 billion. And that is only projected to continue to rise in 2027. That number is going to be over $93 billion. And that is for the anti-aging market worldwide. So no, I don't think aesthetics, cosmetics, all of that stuff is going away. I think we're just going to reframe aging. And I think the things that we're going to be seeking out are going to change a little bit. I love this quote from Coco Chanel. Uh, She said, nature gives you the face you have at 20, but it's up to you to merit the face you have at 50. So how do I think about pro-aging? I think of it as sort of a three-prong approach to aging. The first step is going to be prevention. And I know I say this all the time and I'm never going to shut up about it. I'm going to keep saying it because it's so important. But prevention is number one, two, and three. And it does not have to be complicated. In fact, it shouldn't be. It does not have to be expensive. In fact, it shouldn't be. It should be very straightforward. That just involves establishing a healthy skincare routine, which really only needs to include a gentle cleanser, a moisturizer, and sunscreen. Yes, it really can be that simple. You want to get a little bit fancier, you can add a vitamin vitamin C serum in the morning, add a vitamin A cream like a retinol or retinoid at night. That's all you need to do. That is all I do. And that's all I've been doing for many, many years. Another thing about prevention is sun protection, okay? And if you are not protecting your skin from the sun, you are really prematurely aging your skin and all the topicals and creams and procedures that we can do are really no match for the devastating effects of sun damage. 
So if you do nothing else, protect your skin from the sun. And this doesn't mean being a vampire and never going outside. It just means being smart. Wear a hat. Wear a hat with a brim so it covers your ears and your scalp and your neck. Wear breathable sun protective clothing if you're a golfer, if you're playing tennis, if you're someone who works outside. Wear that protective clothing every single day and your skin will look and feel amazing when you're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 plus. All right. But I think all too often people forget that and they don't realize how powerful the sun is and how actually the sun is responsible for 80 plus, maybe even 90 plus of the skin changes that we see. So if you can get a hold on that, especially the sooner the better, your skin will really thank you. Another thing in the realm of prevention is this whole concept of our skin microbiome. Now, if you think your skin is sterile and free of bacteria, you are very mistaken. In fact, we have billions of microbes on our skin, and that includes things like bacteria, viruses, funguses, all living on our skin day in and day out. And what we're actually realizing now is that a lot of it is really healthy and important. And when our microbiome on our skin is out of whack, maybe because we've been overly scrubbing our skin, using too many antibacterial products, breaking our skin barrier, then we start to see signs of increased skin inflammation. Then we start to see signs of worsening or increased skin inflammation. And we are also learning that actually our gut microbiome really has this important access, not only with our skin, but also our brain. And so I think in the future with preventative measures and pro-aging, we are going to see and hear a lot more about prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics, not just with our diet, but also with skincare and products that we use to take care of our skin. So that's something I think we'll be hearing and seeing a lot more of. Now, another component of prevention is understanding that skincare is whole body care. Too often, people think about skincare as what can I put on my skin? What cream should I use? What procedure should I do? But really, we're thinking about it all wrong because skincare starts from within. You know that expression, garbage in, garbage out? If you are eating crap and abusing your body, your skin is not going to reflect vibrancy, youthfulness, your skin is not going to be glowing. You have to take care of your body for your skin to look and feel amazing and beautiful. So it really does start from within. So the importance of sleep, stress management, a healthy diet. We know that eating a lot of refined sugars can actually form these advanced glycation end products that bind to our collagen. They make it brittle, more friable, break apart. And so eating really a whole food diet, making sure you are getting appropriate macro and micronutrients is so critical to healthy skin. Our skin really is a mirror to our overall health. And so if we are not taking care of our body from the inside out, our skin is also going to reflect that. Also, exercising, so important, not smoking. I really feel like it is virtually important possible to have beautiful, healthy, glowing skin if you're smoking. And I think nowadays, a lot of people, especially younger kids, they are not smoking, but they're vaping, which is just as bad. So don't fool yourself that vaping isn't going to have those side effects in your skin because it still will. And so you've got to stop doing that if you want 
healthy, beautiful skin for the long run. So don't forget, skincare is actually whole body care. You got to do that. That really should be your foundation. The second prong approach to pro-aging, in my view, is maintenance. So we've done the prevention, and that's going to stave off a lot of changes. But then what about maintenance things? So I also love this quote from Dolly Parton. She says, I'm not a natural beauty, but I can enhance it. And this is where I think maintenance comes in. Nowadays, we are looking at ourselves on video, on Zoom calls, webinars. We are staring at ourselves more than we ever have in the history of mankind, right? And we are looking at pictures of ourselves all the time. So it's no wonder that we are seeing more and more people and younger and younger people coming into our practices, seeking out aesthetic procedures and wanting to tweak or change their appearance. And I find that doing little incremental improvements, if you will, along the way can really help stave off having to do really big, complicated procedures down the road. And it also can sort of save you money in the long run by investing a little bit along the way versus coming in when you are 60 and you need a lot of volumization and you have a lot of skin laxity and everything. It's a, it's a lot harder. It's a much bigger commitment than by doing little things here and there along the way. I also find that people really want things with low or minimal downtime. So that's where procedures like neuromodulators, like toxins, Botox, fillers, microneedling, some light lasers, light chemical peels. These are all great options for someone just trying to help maintain their appearance. If they're starting to notice some fine lines and wrinkles, trying to keep those at bay. If they're getting a little volume loss, trying to replace that before they see significant changes. And we're going to see the pendulum swing from people not necessarily not doing surgical procedures. I don't think those are going anywhere and they're really effective and beneficial. But I think we're going to see a more natural approach to things like breast augmentations and butt lifts and lip lifts and things like that. People are still going to get them done, in my opinion, but it's not going to be quite as extreme or caricature-like. It's going to be sort of toned down and less severe. Now, the last step to pro-aging, so we've had the prevention, we've had maintenance, and then the third prong is going to be regenerative aesthetics. And regenerative aesthetics and really medicine is about replacing or healing tissue or organs that have been damaged. This is an area that's really, really booming. I think we're going to see a lot of changes, advances in this field over the next probably 20 to certainly in my life, 20 to 50 years. Already we have several regenerative aesthetic procedures available. These are going to be things like collagen banking with biostimulants. So those are going to be things like Sculptra and Radiesse which have polyolactic acid and calcium hydroxyapatite. Those procedures, why I love them and I love collagen banking is that we know we lose collagen starting even in our mid-20s. And for women, there is going to be this precipitous decline in your collagen when you hit menopause and a year after menopause. And so if you can anticipate that and bank your collagen, boost your collagen as much as possible, then presumably when you do hit menopause or you do have that drastic drop in your collagen, 
it will not be as noticeable because you've been making those deposits into your collagen bank for years before that. And I also love that this is a very natural approach for someone who really wants a natural look and they like the idea of using their own body to stimulate things. This is a great procedure for them because again, it's boosting your own natural collagen. We're not really putting anything fake or foreign into you. It's just some particles that stimulate your own collagen. So I'm a big fan of collagen banking. The second one here is platelet-rich plasma, also known as PRP. This is, again, using your own body for regenerative medicine. We draw your blood, we spin the blood down so that we use the part of the plasma that contains the most platelets. And those platelets have really important things like growth factors and cytokines and things that can stimulate wound healing and decrease inflammation and increase hair growth and also help our skin heal faster. So it's a great procedure after lasers or chemical peels or microneedling where it also helps heal the skin and boost the skin full of those growth factors as well. And I think this is just something we're going to hear and see more and more about. And then now we're also hearing more about using our own stem cells to help enhance collagen and our skin thickness and things like that. And that is using our own stem cells in our fat, our adipose tissue. Now, fat grafting has been around for a long time. That's basically where you suck out some fat in one area and you redistribute it like your face, your temples to improve areas where you've had some volume loss. But now what people are doing is they're taking that fat that they pull out from less desirable areas like your love handles. And then just like with the PRP, they're spinning it down and they're pulling out just the stem cells within our adipose tissue, our fat. And then they're injecting that to really boost volume and help with anti-aging. So I think that's something we'll probably see some more of as well, because there has been this huge interest in stem cells. And this is kind of cool because you're using your own stem cells from your fat. Now, speaking of stem cells, really, you can't talk about pro-aging and regenerative medicine without touching on stem cells. And stem cells are a little bit of the wild, wild west, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but stem cells are these cells that can really become anything or any cell in your body. We call them pluripotent stem cells. And so people are looking at, well, how can we use stem cells to regrow blood vessels or regrow an organ that someone may be needing? Currently with stem cells, there is only one FDA approved treatment, and that is for hematopoietic stem cell therapy. So if you see someone or a wellness spa or something on the internet that is trying to sell you a stem cell product, just be aware it's probably a hoax you're probably getting scammed because at least at this point in the United States, the only FDA-approved stem cell therapy is for a hematopoietic stem cell treatment if you have a blood-borne cancer, like a leukemia. Stem cells are not mainstream therapies right now, and there certainly are a lot of clinics and places that say they're doing it and make these amazing promises, but really they're, it's highly, highly unregulated. It's not approved. You really have to be careful. I feel like it's like buying drugs off the street. You really have no idea what you're getting because there is zero regulation. So I would say really, really be careful with that. So we're not there with stem cells just yet. So what's kind of the next best 
thing, that's going to be exosomes. And you may have heard about exosomes. They're getting a lot of press, a lot of buzz. And what's great about exosomes is they're secreted by stem cells. So they come from stem cells. But instead of carrying the actual DNA themselves, what they carry are messages. So think of an exosome as like a little envelope that carries messages from cell to cell. Now, the message could be something really good, like rejuvenate, to regenerate, to repair, to heal, anti-inflammatory, right? But the message can likewise also be bad. The message could be something like cell death or aging or increase inflammation or increased cell growth causing cancer. So again, with exosomes, it's not that they're necessarily good or bad. What's important is what is the message inside the exosome that is going to be passed around from cell to cell. Just like with stem cells, it's also a little bit like the wild, wild west. With exosomes, currently there is no FDA approved treatment for any condition. So again, it's a little bit unregulated, I should say. Now, there are tons of companies right now actively doing research to get the FDA approval. But at this time, there at least the time of this recording, there are no FDA approved treatments for exosomes. And also just be aware that exosomes are only being studied right now in the U.S. for topical use. So we do not have any exosomes that are injectable. So just be aware of that if someone is trying to tell you that they're going to inject you with exosomes, you should probably run away. But what we're hoping is that exosomes can be used kind of like with PRP to help with wound healing, to help with cell differentiation, to help with our immune system, to boost collagen, to help with hair growth. So there are a lot of things that people are looking at with exosomes. And this is something that I think we are going to be hearing a lot of in the near, near future. While there are some products coming out with topical exosomes, these things really are not shelf stable. They have to be refrigerated. You really are going to get the best quality from your doctor's office. And you really need to have a damaged skin barrier for it to really work. The exosomes are too large to actually penetrate through your stratum corneum or your skin barrier. And so you really need to have breaks in the skin for it to penetrate. So that's why I think we're going to be seeing a lot of exosome therapy used after lasers, chemical peels, things like that. If you buy an exosome cream off the internet and you just put it on your face, you're probably just buying a very, very, very expensive moisturizer. So those are kind of my ways that I approach pro-aging. And I think about it with not only my patients, but also with myself. And while there are a lot of exciting new things coming out with pro-aging and reversing the aging process and all of that, as boring as it sounds, the still, I think the best way to prevent aging or to minimize it is to really take a proactive preventative approach to really focus on taking care of your body, including your skin now, no matter what age you are, because that's really going to serve you well down the road. It's so much harder to reverse things, to go back and fix things than to just really take care of it from the get-go. But again, I know whether you're 40, whether you're 50, whether you're 20, it's never too late. Start today really make taking care of your body and your skin a priority. 
and make sure you're getting really good advice from people. There's a lot of scam products out there, especially in this whole arena of regenerative medicine with stem cells and exosomes. So just make sure you do your due diligence so that you're not wasting at best, right, wasting your money and at worst, taking something or using something that's unregulated and potentially harmful and unsafe. I'm so glad you tuned in for this week's episode of This Skin Reel. I hope you are as excited about pro-aging as I am. And I really think it's the future of aging. We don't have to be scared about it. We just need to understand some things and really focus on prevention, maintenance, and then some regenerative aesthetics. I'll see everyone next week. That's all I've got for this week's episode of the Skin Real Podcast, but here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help me and other new potential listeners to find my show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave me a review, take a screenshot and email it to info at theskinreel.com and I will send you a thank you free PDF on skincare truths versus hype because you know I love spreading the word of good, truthful skincare. And please be sure to share, share, share with your skin friends so that we can get the word out there about real skin. And until next time, remember, no matter where you are in your skincare journey, always remember to love the skin you're in because real skincare from real experts can be real simple.